This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two, episode number 19. We're calling this one Cubs Mid-Spring Training Updates. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook, or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. I'm Dustin Rhodes, EP of the Mully and Haw Show on 670 The Score. Of course, your radio home for all things Cubs baseball. And my guy Crowley is here. Crowley, happy happy Thursday, happy uh, St. Patrick's Day Eve, and Happy start of the NCAA tournament. I know you filled out a bracket. My bracket busted when the Dominican Republic didn't make it through. I had them winning the whole thing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Not a World Baseball Classic bracket, Crowley. A college basketball bracket. You didn't fill out a bracket? Are you like the only American (laughs) that doesn't have a bracket? I don't have a bracket, man. I don't know anything about those. You guys. got like a you got like a square. You know they do squares for college basketball, like they do Super Bowl squares. So the 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 last score of the game, so like winner nine, loser six, and so you have action in every single game. It's a pretty cool concept. Uh, no, no, I, I'm too busy. There's too much baseball going on. I have no time for other other shenanigans here right All now. All right, well, let's talk about our shenanigans then. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's uh, segment number one, and since we were last with the crew, Crowley, the Cubs have played two games since our last podcast, and they're playing right now as we're recording this. Yeah, you know, so we thought we would look back at the three big questions going into camp and where they stand right now. When we walked into camp, you know, when, when the Cubs spring training started, we wanted to know about the fifth starter spot, who was going to win that job. 
The third base position was something of a question. And then unfortunately, early on in spring training, you wanted to know who's going to have to man right field for the first few months of the season uh, while, say, a Suzuki recovers from an oblique injury. So last night, the Cubs game against the Reds was rained out after four innings, so it didn't count. Um, and on Sunday, the Cubs lost against the Brewers 5-3. to three. Offense didn't look too good against them. They had five hits against the Brew crew. They only had two extra base hits. Ian Happ had a nice two-run two home run. He's having a great spring. And there was also an RBI double by Cole Roederer. The offense didn't do much against the pitcher named Jansen Junk, who pitched well. And I just wanted to say, <laughs> I just wanted to say that is one of the all-time great baseball names there, Jansen Junk. Jansen Junk, I love it. You know, so the big story, though, has been Adrian Sampson's tough spring. And this is where we want to look at one of those big stories as we reach the midway point of spring training. Dustin, we're two weeks away from opening day. So, you know, it's not the beginning of spring training anymore. We can look at some of these things and start to kind of kind of look into the crystal ball of what David Ross might be thinking as, as we, you know, we're getting closer and closer to uh, Wrigley Field 120 against Milwaukee, you know. What, two weeks from today, right? Yeah, two weeks from today. So... With Sampson, after a strong 2022 season, he made uh, 19 starts. He had a 311 ERA across 104 innings. You're going to take that every day. We talked about it before from a fifth starter. We talked about it a lot last season. Uh, you know, that's that's great. Um, he came into camps as probably the, one of the favorites for the fifth starter spot. Uh, unfortunately, things haven't gone that well for him. Against the Brewers on Sunday, he went four innings. He gave up six hits, three runs, two more home runs. So that's so, 10, right? That's 10 home runs now? It, 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 I think the total now is up to eight. And so he had a rough first outing. And you remember I said, don't worry, it's spring training means nothing, you know. And it doesn't. You know, there's been players that have, you know, played, you know, a lot of games and had good spring trainings and the season went bad and vice versa. But they've played 19 games. They didn't count the game against Canada. And last night was a rain-shortened game and, and didn't count in the stats out of their 33-game schedule. So – now we're starting to take a look at things, and Adrian has pitched in three games. He started to – he pitched um, – he's, he's thrown 8.1 innings right now, same as pretty much all the other starters at this point. And in those 8.1 innings, he's given up 13 hits, 13 runs, eight home runs, along with three walks and six Ks, Dustin. All right. Well, I mean, the eight home runs is just – that's the part that is really hard to – get over walks and home runs will absolutely kill you the, the you know three walks in eight innings it's not awful not ideal but not awful it's also quite a bit of hits i mean eight of the 13 hits are home runs so that's not good eight of the 13 runs are part of home runs we don't know how many guys were on base i'm sure we could find the stat out but it's it's definitely not ideal the only thing sometimes crawley is is that we don't know exactly what these guys are working on right they might be working on something they might be trying to establish a pitch they might be hey why don't you go out and try this out and they're never going to tell us flat out that yes Samson was working on something here. We asked him to leave it over the plate. We asked him to do this. We asked him to do that. And that is a possibility, right? But if if we don't know that, we have to work on the assumption that he's trying to go out there and do the best he can. And right now, that doesn't seem to be good enough for the fifth spot. Right. And, and when you talk about guys trying stuff and working on things, you know, usually if you're saying Drew Smiley or Jamison Tyone, those guys, we know who the four starters are, right? We know that Marcus Stroman's going to start. We know that uh, Justin Steele's going to start, Tyone, and, and uh, Smiley. We don't – when you're talking about a guy like uh, Adrian Sampson, you know, he's, he's a journeyman. 
You know, he's been around for a while, so he's not somebody that's just kind of locked into a spot and he can just kind of mess around and work on things. He's are we audition- sure about Are we sure about Smiley? I, I mean, I know that's what they want to do. Are we sure that Smiley should be a starter, or is it because he's the only lefty they've got? I think absolutely he's a starter. I think he looked really good today. He left uh, okay. one, one pitch up, but I'm not worried. Again, see, guys like Juice Smiley I'm not worried about because I can look at a track history, right? All right. And that's, that's where I get worried about Adrian Sampson. If you look at what the issues were over his career, it's always been the fly ball rate, how much that ball's flying in the air. And last year was his best year by far. And so you're worried, was that an anomaly? Was that, was that just kind of a – he just kind of had a good season and – and, and now all of a sudden he's regressing back to his normal form. So when you are competing for a spot, I, I, I absolutely think that, you, you know, you want to show that you that job is yours. And, he you know, when you take a look at what the Cubs pitching has done, he hasn't done anything to prove that so far. All right. And, all and, right. We'll stick with that. Megan Montemuro, you know, she quoted uh, David Ross from the Trib. She said, uh, you know, Competing for jobs is producing when it matters, and that's the boat that these guys are in. We we know where we can pencil in most everything, but the fifth starter spot? No, that no way. And then now, when you start to take a look at Samson's numbers compared to the other guys, that's where you really start to say, okay, can you really get out of camp? Because this team has to get out to a good start. That that's just what has to happen. And so you can't sit there and say, okay, we'll wait a month, a month and a half for Samson to get going. No way you can do that, man. No, no, no way. you don't. You don't have that kind of time. No, no. And so uh, Hayden Wesniski, we talked about this on the last show. I was there uh, at, on Camelback Ranch. I mean, he's 25 years old. He has three starts. He's pitched 8.2 innings, so p- 0.1 inning more than Adrian Sampson. Five hits, one run, zero of them earned, zero home runs, two walks, and 11 strikeouts. This guy is clearly your front runner for that fifth starter spot based on what we know so far. Yeah, I mean, he's looked fantastic, but Jed Hoyer was on with uh, Bernstein and Holmes. I believe that was uh, yesterday, and he was not w- ready to uh, commit to that right now. You, you, you still got, you know, another eight innings, you know, and not even eight innings. They're going to go more. They're going to go deeper into games, so you're still going to have to prove it. So you're not going to give it, to, especially, again, you got other guys that are competing. And I don't think they need that fifth starter right away either. That's part of this equation too, right? Right, right. So you want these guys fighting for this job and seeing who's the best and who's going to be the one that takes it. Now, last night the game was rained out, but we got to see Caleb Killian. He is the same age as Hayden Wisniewski, 25 years old. He appeared in three games. He's had two starts, seven innings pitch. He only gave up five hits, two runs, one home run, two walks, both of them last night, and four Ks. So Caleb was awesome last night. He had a first inning. He got out of the first inning in four pitches, Dustin. And then in the second inning, he made this amazing dive on a Well, catch. hopefully people are, that are listening to this podcast, Crowley, are following you on Twitter because you had an amazing tweet, and that's how I saw that amazing catch. Yes, and, and, and we had that great interview with him while I was in Mesa. So it worked out perfectly, but it was such an athletic play where he just belly flopped and made this. I don't know. I, I get nervous in spring training. You want everyone to come out hurt, but that was one heck of an athletic play. One heck of an athletic play, no doubt about that. How about now, uh, how about another guy that's uh, looked pretty good, not at Cubs camp, but in the World Baseball Classic? That's Javier Assad. Yeah, so so Assad, Wesniski, um, and Killian, they're all 25. He's playing for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic, 
And even when he was with the Cubs in camp, he did really well. And now he's dominating in the WBC. So between spring training and the WBC, he's appeared in three games, two starts, seven innings, one hit, zero runs, zero home runs, one walk, and four Ks. Now, what people have really noticed is that last year he's sitting about 93, 94 miles an hour with his fastball, right? Occasionally touching 95. This year, he's hitting 96, 97. So his fastball's got about two to three miles per hour more on it. And, and, and the other thing that he struggled with last season was walks. And so far, again, he's only issued one walk. So if you're telling me he's got that extra speed on the fastball and he's still able to control things, that's pretty impressive. You know what I mean? It's, uh, that's, that's where I kind of look at it and say to myself, you know, th- this guy's really doing something, something special. Yeah, he's looked uh, he's looked really good, and and what people say about him is that he is kind of um, he he's kind of like the professor, where he's very even keel, like Kyle Hendricks. His heart rate doesn't really move. He's just a real calm, cool, collective individual, and that's the type of guy sometimes that can succeed in that kind of back of the end rotation type of a role. Now, when I take a look at, though, Adrian Sampson the other day said, quote, luckily for me, I can kind of do whatever they ask. I can come out of the bullpen. I can start. I can do whatever they want. As long as we put ourselves in a good chance to win, that's the most important thing. That's the right thing to say. But, but now you take a look at the depth of the Cubs bullpen. Who would you bump out, you know, you know to put Adrian Sampson in who's given up home runs? Well, like, right, yeah, I, I don't like right now. I, I think I think Samson needs a little extended spring, or needs to go to the minors, and, and needs to work something out again. Unless they know something, Crowley, that you and I don't. But all you and I can base our opinions on is based on what they do when they're out there throwing the ball against the other team. Right, and so the second big question mark that we were talking about was who's going to take the third base job, right? We know the middle of the infield solidified with Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner. At first base, you got a platoon of Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer. And then third base was really the only competition in the infield about who was going to get that starter's job. Uh, last year, third baseman Patrick Wisdom had some struggles last season. It was his first full season, so it was the first time he ever walked in and had a job to go in and basically told you're going to play 162 games, right? Uh, he slashed 207, 298, 426. He did what he normally does, which is 25 homers and, and 28 doubles, but he also struck out 183 times compared to 53 walks. So, you know, he missed a couple it's too many of- strikeouts. It's way too many strikeouts. Way, Way too, too many. many and so he missed a couple of weeks this spring because of a groin issue, but he's had a solid spring. He's at 313, 421, 500 uh, slugging with one home run, three walks, and seven strikeouts and 16 at bats. But, you know, nice to see the average and the on base up a little bit, right? But the other big thing that that is noticeable is, is his defense. And apparently he got called out on his defense. That's right. By, by the coaching staff, by David Ross at the end of the kind year. Kind of his exit, his kind of exit interview, right? Right. And so Wisdom, you know, he's always been a really good third baseman. But last year he just did not look good. He had a lot of errors, especially early on in the season. And, you know, he, he attributed that to trying to get so hard at the, at the plate that it kind of affected his defense. You know how they say, don't bring it out in the field with you? Right. It, it looked like Patrick did that last year. So hopefully – you know, he can he can bounce back and have a strong season. Now, another contender that that has surprised us this spring, Dustin, is uh, Nick Madrigal. We didn't know what was going to happen with him after Dansby Swanson got signed. 
And, and after last year's injury plagued 2022 season, we were kind of done with him. But he's, he's, he looked decent at third this spring. You know, I mean, obviously he's not a gold glove third baseman, but the bat is doing exactly what Chicago fans have come to expect, right? 296, 321, 333, and 27 at bats. So a lot of contacts, few walks, little power. But what do you, what do you think, Dustin? You see Nikki two strikes break in camp with the team? I think I do. I think I do because he's probably not – he probably doesn't have any options. I don't think you can put him in the minors. Um, I do see that happening because he's versatile enough where he can play three of the four infield positions. Um, if you needed a pinch hitter, if you needed an emergency DH, he could probably fit the bill. Um, so I think so. I mean because Christopher Morell has options, right? Um but I think, you know, the next guy we're going to talk about, Zach McKinstry. Like, okay, you like Zach McKinstry more or you like Nick Madrigal more? I, I don't see I don't see Nick Madrigal and Zach McKinstry being on the opening day roster. Do you? Well, I, I do. I do. And okay. I, I think, that, you know, the, the the question is, is this guy a 4A player or is he a major league player, right? So, <laughs> a four, I've never heard that before. A, oh. four a, a 4A player. A 4A player is a guy who can do really well against AAA pitching, but he can't okay. do it in the major league. Uh, that, I've that, never, I've never heard that term before. I've heard of a five-tool player. I've yeah. never heard of a 4A player. All right, see, you're even teaching uh, not only the, the uh, listeners, you're teaching me. Right, so he's hit just 208s in parts of three big league seasons with the Dodgers. And then after being traded to the Cubs, he hit 206 in 46, so 47 games with four home runs. And, 12 and that's RBIs. not good. That, that's not good enough for who he is. I mean, no. And so, but this is where I'm talking about 4A. He's in AAA. He's a career 323 hitter in 114 games, including go. a 335 average in two, 2022. So he can play second or third base. And and this is the thing, Dustin. He's a lefty, lefty bat. bat. Lefty bat. There you go. Yep. Yep. And that's that. I think check that out, box. Check. He's out. Of, he's out of options. So they can't send him to the minors without DFA in him first. And, and you know another team's going to take a flyer on him. So I think if McKinstry had options, it might, yeah, he'd be starting in the minor leagues. But with, with, that, with that, he has to be with the team or else another team can pick him up. So that's why I think he's All right, so you've team. got McKinstry and we've got Madrigal on the opening day roster. That means what? you got one more spot left and we got two guys to talk about. One, one spot left, and so, you know, that, that's either Edwin Rios or Christopher Morel. Uh, the Cubs picked up Rios when the Dodgers non-tendered him. Rios is 28. He's played in each of the last four MLB seasons for the Dodgers, but he hasn't gotten more than 32 appearances in any individual season because it's hard to break through LA's starting rotate, uh, roster, and he's had some injuries with his hamstring and his shoulder. He's had 20 home runs, nine doubles, and a triple, in just 292 trips to the plate. But we talked about Patrick Wisdom. This guy strikes out 32% of the time. And so his batting average and his on-base is really low, 218 and 299. But he has a 492 slugging, and that's against MLB pitching. That's not AAA. So he had seven home runs in 27 games last season. So once again, Dusty, he's a le- he's a lefty. And if he could platoon with Wisdom to give the Cubs a viable power threat at third. So Wisdom slugged 533 against left-handed pitching, but against righties, 209, 290, 438. Okay? So that's the thing with Edwin Rios is that maybe you put Edwin Rios in against the righties and, and Wisdom, you know, there's a lot you can, you can, you can, 
you know, there's a lot that you can do. And I think that platooning would probably be the way to go. All right. I mean, listen, it's okay. I, you know, Christopher Morrell maybe gets more at-bats and the minors can play a position. If Morrell was down in the minors, Crowley, where would you like to see him get the most amount of work? Oh, definitely AAA. And and, and, and so that, that's... But at what, I understand the level, but what position? Like, would you want him at third on a daily basis? Would you want him in center field on a daily basis? Where do you think his long-term, or maybe it's never, but where would you want him to be doing most of his defensive work at AAA? I, I think that if it comes down to him breaking into the major leagues, especially with the Cubs, it's going to have to be what he has been, which is that Swiss Army knife position. And so I would like to see him, you know, at, at second base. Uh, de- you know, he can, yeah, definitely some third base, center field. You know, those would be the three spots I'd like to kind of see him. Um, I definitely see him in AAA, but... You know, that's the thing is they were actually um, it was J.D. and and uh, and Coomer on the call today. And I was watching the game and they were talking about Morrell. And, and you remember, Dustin, he got off to that great start. A lot of times when players break into the major leagues, they say they go right at him with fastballs, fastball, fastball. Can he hit it? Right. And mm-hmm. Morrell proved he could hit the fastball. But once they started spinning it on him, all sorts of problems. And so this spring, he's slashing 241, 313, 483 with two home runs but 14 strikeouts compared to three walks. So, you know, when we talked about McKinstry, when we talked about Rios, part of the problem with those guys is they never got at bats. Okay. And so it really is hard as a young player to sit there and and sit five days out of the week and go two for three on that seventh day. That's really hard. If you're telling me Morel, I mean, where do, I mean, could you see him starting more than twice a week? No, Probably not, unless obviously there was some kind of an injury, right? Right. So if that's the case, let this guy, especially he's got to work on identifying breaking pitches. Okay. He has to figure out, you know, just being able to hit a fastball can cut it in a lot of different, you know, single A, double A, even triple A to a degree, but, but it's not going to cut it in the majors. Once they know what your weaknesses is, they are going to pound you with it. And, and, and yes, you're still going to get some hits. Yes. You're going to get some home runs, but usually those are against guys that can't locate the pitch where they want. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. You know, I hate to say it because I love Christopher Merrill, one of my favorite guys, but I don't think it's happening. And so that takes us into our final question about spring training. Who's going to be the fourth outfielder slash Right fielder, say a Suzuki recovers from the oblique injury. Um, good news out of camp today is say resumed light catch and non-contact swings. So he's going to continue with that program through the week. I haven't heard any say a news. It's something, while, so. right? It's something. <laughs> something. So we know Ian's playing left. We know Cody Bellinger's playing center. And Ross has said, David Ross has said that Ian's not going to be playing center field if Cody has a day off. So the Cubs need someone who can play all three spots in the outfield and, and to me, Dustin, when they saw Mike Talkman in camp, I just saw that he got a lot of starts. They were going to give him a look. He, he, the pride of Palatine has done the most with his chance right there. He is slashing 318, 444, 545. He's 32 years old, right? So he was in Korea last year. He had some stops along the way with the Yankees and the Giants. But I think that while Seiya is recovering, chances are the Cubs use some combination of Wisdom, Mancini, and Talkman in right field. That, that's what I see happening. And then once Saya gets back, I think Talkman is going to definitely be, be your the odd man. He'd be your odd man out? No, I think he's going to be a fourth outfielder. Okay. I, I think they'll worry about, they'll worry about what and they do. And then Mancini won't go into the outfield unless it's an emergency. 
Correct. And, and so a lot of things can happen between now and when Shea gets there. Injuries can happen. They're not going to have to make any roster decisions for a while. But I think with Talkman, you have a guy who can play plus defense in all three positions, and that's what they're really going to want more than anything. Um, Nelson Velasquez had 13 at-bats in spring, but he didn't do much. You got to figure he's starting the season in Iowa. That's the other guy that potentially had a chance. But like I said, Talkman to me is going to be a guy that gets a lot, is going to stay on the roster for a while. And then again, that combination of wisdom, Mancini, and Talkman until Saya gets back. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 19, Cubs Mid-Spring Training Updates. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, Crawley interviews Max Toma and Brendan King, play-by-play announcers, for the South Bend Cubs to talk about the championship ring ceremony held back on Monday over at Sloan Park. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, we have the broadcasters for your 2022 champion South Bend Cubs, Max Toma and Brandon King. How are you doing, boys? What's up, Crowley? Thanks for having us, man. Doing great, my man. I mean, you guys are still in Arizona. I'm wishing I was still in Arizona, but I'm sitting there watching Marquee like I usually do last night. And who comes on my TV but the 2022 South Bend Cubs getting their rings? Let's let's sing them. Put it right in the camera. Let's see that bling a little bit there. Just for all the listeners out there, we are on YouTube channel now with 670 the score. So if you want to see these bad boys, they they are they are looking pretty nice. So, you know, you guys got the phone call telling you when to come out and when they were going to do this ceremony. Did you guys have a pre-reunion with any of the players as far as uh, before the ceremony took place? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we rolled in here early this week. And, you know, the first day we were there was the day before the ring ceremony a couple of days ago. And it was so great to catch up with everybody because, uh, I mean, usually we only see our roster at any given time. But being out here in Arizona, you get to see all the guys you've had from years past. You know, so many guys come through any particular minor league affiliate in any given year. You know, we had about 70 guys, I think, mm-hmm. uh, play with the South Bend Cubs last year. So we got to see all those guys, shoot some content, talk to some guys, interview some folks, you know, talking about that championship run, how excited they were to hang a banner, 
to get the ring. And uh, people were very excited, and they were obviously uh, even more excited to get on the field at Sloan. Uh, on a Tuesday night with a, I mean, just an absolutely packed house and a raucous atmosphere. You could barely even see the lawn out there on the berm. There were so many folks out there, but seeing their faces uh, when they get the rings and open that box for the first time and see, you know, all their hard work paid off. Uh, you know, they got to celebrate on the field in September and now getting to see the ring uh, here in the, the month of March. I think they were, they were pumped. Yeah, it was cool, especially to the actual ceremony probably because we were in the Cubs complex auditorium and, you know, obviously Andrew Berlin, Joe Hart, Nick Brown, Chris Hagstrom are there. We were lucky enough to be there. But, you know, then you see guys like Justin Stone come in and Jared Banner and, you know, the Chicago Cubs front office. And, you know, next thing you know, here's Jed Hoyer walking in and Jed gives a speech to the guys. And Lance Rimel, our manager, gave a speech to the guys. And honestly, I left feeling ready to run through a brick wall because after what Jed said and what Lance said, I mean, we want to do it again, obviously. So, um there were some yeah. great speeches. I, I think in the team photo when we first got the ring, I, I think Jed Hoyer might have boxed me out of the picture. So I, I might be blocked <laughs> Let, by Jed. Let's take a look because our friend Rich Biesterfeld said, hey, Carly, yeah, you're talking with my guys. Bring those pictures up here. Which one? It's this one right here. There you are. Yep. There you are. And, and uh, there's BK checking his text to see if I'm bothering him again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, that is the thing is that, you know, there's a camaraderie when you win a championship like that. You know, you've seen it with the 2016 Cubs. You know, we've seen the Blackhawks, the Bears. In my lifetime, I've been lucky as a Chicago fan to see pretty much everyone I care win a championship. But that connects you. That bonds you very much together. Uh, you know, as far as you're concerned, BK, this is your second time around 2019. So you're wearing the two rings right now. What would be the biggest difference that you would say between the 2022 and the 2019 South Bend teams? Ooh, that's a really good question. I was telling somebody the other day that the 2019 team, and this is nothing against the 2022 team, and then kind of inverse for what I say about the most recent guys, is the 2019 team just whooped people. There was never a sense of panic or like, hey, let's sit down as a group and we got to talk about this. That nothing like that ever happened because like on this ring, if you take a peek at it, it has the seven and zero on it. We swept the playoffs. And remember at that point in the minor league baseball playoffs, that was three separate rounds. So you had to win two separate three game series. We did that against Bowling Green. We did that against Great Lakes. And then the championship best of five, a sweep of Clinton and Clinton had a pretty good team that year too. So those guys just went balls to the wall, man. I mean, there was not a sense of worry. It was a young team too. I mean, Cole Rotor was 19. Brennan Davis was 19. So, but that team just kind of played from a wise sense beyond its years. I think a lot of that had to do with our manager, Buddy Bailey, but this 2022 team, I'm sure Max would agree. Um, you know, they didn't necessarily walk in and just beat the brains out of people, but they never quit. And they had to win two decisive game threes on the road in both series of the playoffs and kind of the same thing on this ring. There's the logos of the team that we beat twins affiliate, Cedar Rapids, guardians affiliate, Lake County. But, you know, especially in that championship series, Crawley, it didn't feel good after losing that game one at home. I mean, you were there, man, you were there. There was a bit of a sinking feeling in that stadium after we lost, but then, you know, game two, Michael McAveen gets a massive save game three, three massive home runs, Ali Endover, Dugo and Casey and, the guys just didn't quit. So I think the difference is that 19 just kind of had a 22 had a sense for the moment and had the ability to just come back in any setting. 
and 19, the guys were just playing with so much confidence. They didn't need to worry about that. And Max, when they talk about that team finding that moment, you know, all the come from behind victories in the 2022 season and your marquee record, I mean, living for the moment. I mean, that, that had to have been so much fun as an announcer to call all those walk-offs and come from behind victories. Oh, absolutely. You know, big time players make big time plays at big time games. And we had a whole lot of big players this year and, uh, you know, everybody stepped up. We were the first ones always to tell them, Hey, we're on marquee on Friday. We're on marquee on Sunday. <laughs> uh, make sure the fellows know. Cause they're, you know, they go out there and they just ball out on marquee sports network. You know, I mean, we started nine and zero with four or five walk-offs, you know, Pablo Aliendo, if every game of the year was on marquee sports network, uh, he might've been Cubs minor league player of the year. He, he might've hit three thirty with 30 bombs. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, this team was just such a blast. It was so much fun to come to work every day. Um, and they just grinded. And, you know, winning those games on the road at the end, you know, game one at home also kind of felt like Lake County just stole it from us. But, uh, you know, Lake County had promoted some of their best players. And you looked at the roster on both sides and you say, I mean, we have a far better team on paper. Uh, and then you lose game one and, you know, anything can happen in, in a three-game series. Anything can happen, you know, in any one day. We need to – you know, things to go our way for a couple games in a row, and they certainly did. Uh, our, our starting rotation, you know, we had a great chance to win at any time we took the field. Uh, and that batting order, you know, as long as they brought it, anytime they performed well, you knew we were going to smoke somebody because the, the pitching staff at the end of the year was just lights up. Now, I got to see you guys talk to T-Mac, Taylor McGregor, who we all love. She's been on the Fly the W podcast. And uh, Brendan, you were talking a little bit about how you only wear the ring out to like weddings and special occasions. You brought it to Club 400, I know, mm -hmm. and uh, a nice little wedding trick. Are you going to bring both of them to weddings now in the future, or are you just going to bring one? That's a great question. Another great you question. Double barrel. You got to go double barrel. I, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of those things where if you wear one, you got to wear the other. But just as I told Taylor, I'm, I, I was legitimately scared to wear this first one. I didn't know what to do with it because I was so deathly afraid that I would drop it. I would lose it. You know, something would happen. But then I got more comfortable with it. But then I realized when you wear it out, people want to try it on. And then people hopefully don't drop it in maybe a bit of a, you know, in a state that where after they're partying and whatnot. But I will say at Club 400, when you tried it on, you took very good care of it. And oh, yeah. that. Now, I got to ask you, Max, you know, I, I didn't see like when they gave you the ring, it was in a box and then you opened it up. Yeah. Were you, now, I know you probably seen BK's ring before, but when you looked at that ring, how special was it for you to see it on your finger and just how much have you looked at it since you got it? I mean, it hits different. I, I've seen BK's many times. I've seen, you know, a lot of South Bend Cubs employees. I, I've seen a couple of 2016 World Series rings in person, but uh, and I, I've even seen pictures of what ours was going to look like, you know, the mock up. But until you open that box and, you know, you see your name on the side of it, too, uh, I mean, it, it hits different. And, uh, you know, obviously we're not, you know, on the field. We didn't really do anything to, you know, deserve playing-wise to have one of these rings. But just being part of such a special organization, you know, and working there day in and day out. You know, baseball season's long. You know, I mean, you're there every day working, you know, 60 to 90 hours a week. And uh, Andrew Berlin and these rings are just absolutely incredible. I mean, if these aren't the best rings in minor league baseball, I, I don't know what is. Um, but yeah, it was just so rewarding. And, you know, the guys roll in and BK and I have just gotten our rings and they're like, Hey, can we see it? And it's like, dude, you, don't, you don't want, you don't want to see it yet. You don't, you, you don't want that surprise room for you. You want to open a box for the first time and see your name on the side. You, you don't, you don't want to see Toma on there. You want to see Franklin, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a really cool moment. And as BK touched on just hearing all those guys that came up and spoke, uh, to us in the auditorium yesterday. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wish we had a game that day. 
So because he wanted <laughs> to just get out there and go, you know, mash some home runs and play because uh, they really didn't light a fire under everybody. Now, you guys have mentioned Andrew Berlin a couple of times. For people that don't know, he's on the left here in this picture. And, uh, you know, when you talk about owners, you know, he is just, a, you know, just I when I think about South Bend, I think from top down, just everybody is, is just I do believe everybody deserves a ring because it's it's like a family almost in South Bend. What? It is a family in South Bend. And when you say literally everybody gets a ring, everybody gets a ring, uh, whether you are the owner, whether you are a broadcaster, whether you are a player coach whether you sell popcorn in one of the stands on the first or third base side, groundskeeper, ticket taker, whoever. And I think that speaks to, as Max said, the generosity of Andrew. Um, you know, I, I've told this story a lot. I've known Andrew my whole life because uh, in his private industry, the packaging industry, my dad competed against him for 25 <laughs> years. And uh, I, I've known Andrew literally my entire life. But I, I think the thing that should tell you most about who Andrew is, is that, you know, my dad and him couldn't have been more like heated in the business industry, but as personal friends and colleagues, I mean, they, they, they were great together. Um, and, you know, that should tell you a lot about, you know, somebody that you're competing against, but they have the utmost respect for you. And that's who Andrew Berlin is, no matter if you are a competitor, a friend, whoever, uh, the guy's going to respect you and the guy's going to take care of you. Now, you guys have been there for a couple of days, Max. I'll let you answer this first. Um, as you've been there, you know, you guys have complete access to walk around anywhere you wanted. I was kind of on the backfields and I was looking through the games or something. Max, what, what did you notice? What really stuck, stuck out for you as far as this camp and a couple of the games that you've, you've seen so far? Uh, well, this is my first time ever at the backfields in general. So, I, I mean, first off, um, what I immediately notice is just uh, the setting. is just unlike anything else. You know, you're, when you're growing up and you're going to baseball tournaments as a player, you know, as a kid and like going to Cooperstown, New York, and you got four fields where home plate is all, you know, in one little area and they're all facing away from each other with like a little place in the middle for people to hang out. Uh, you know, it's just like that, except that the guys on the field are incredibly talented and incredibly important people. Uh, but it's great. It's great to catch up with all the coaches and just see them in, you know, see the different staffs working around with different uh, affiliates. But um, I mean, what stood out to me, it, it was great to watch Pete leading off at home, mm -hmm. uh, to watch PCA leading off for AAA, uh, swiping a couple bases. I say a couple because he, he was called out at third. I, I'm pretty sure he was safe. Um, <laughs> but man, he's just always such a spark, even on the backfields on, you know, uh, March 13th, uh, Monday or Tuesday, Monday it was. Uh, in Arizona. But uh, the thing I was most excited to see, uh, I didn't know I was going to see, uh, I bumped into my friend Jim Callis, who uh, is from the same hometown as me. His, mm. his uh, son is my brother's age. So they went to school together. But he was going to talk to Kate Horton and watch Kate Horton throw live. So I got to see that for the first time ever in person. Um, he threw two innings, you know, faced a handful of batters. And it's cool to see. It was just silent there. You walked by with me mm -hmm. and it was just, it was quiet. Everybody was just locked in, focused, watching Cade throw to, you know, one guy at a time. He faced, you know, Bryce Ball, Cole Roederer, Scott McKeon. I'm not sure if a couple other guys got in there. Uh, but just watching him and seeing that arm and that talent, because we've seen a ton of good pitchers, especially last year. And the, the pitching development in the Cubs farm system right now is just incredible. And then you think about new guys coming in and Cade obviously highlighting it the most, the first round pick from last year. But uh, just there's so much to look forward to. I got to tell you, Max, I know a lot of people were complaining when that pick was made. I didn't hear him complaining yesterday when those videos of that slider was going on. How about you, BK? What stuck out, what stuck out to you as far as what you got to see over the last couple of days? Oh, man. So I, I do want to make a point on Kate Horton because we were watching his live BP with Riley Martin. Riley was actually about to leave 
the field. And we asked Riley, first of all, you know, have you met Cade yet? And he said, no, I actually haven't met him. So that should tell you just how new still Cade Horton is to the Cubs complex that he still hasn't met some guys. So, I mean, I think people need to be reminded that it is, is going to be his first pro year and he's still getting accumulated to new teammates after, you know, a long college run. So, you know, sometimes things take time, right? So with that being said, uh, I I forgot who was hitting. It might've been, might've been ball regardless. Kate Horton threw him a slider and it, it like made a wave go back behind the field of oohs and ahs. Like (laughs) it, it was lethal and just disgusting. So, I think Cubs fans should be really excited about Kate Horton. Anything else that stood out? You know, I'm going to mention a name that really does not get as much love as I think it should be. And that's why I mentioned to Taylor McGregor last night about, you know, you look at the Cubs top 30 prospects list and you're going to find 30 amazing ball players, but you can easily come up with 30 more that should have similar hype. And one of those guys is uh, Luis Verdugo. And uh, Doogie is one of our, favorites plays a great third base and what's scary about him is that you know he's still just 21 he's still growing you know he's still growing into a body that's probably about six foot two you say 200 pounds by now um he's only going to continue to get bigger um but um you know he 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 had a mantra last year where he would walk up to us at batting practice two doubles i got two doubles today well we sit down at the double a game where lance rimel and dan puente are coaching first thing he smacks a double in the left center field. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just has an ability at the plate to put to barrel baseball. And I think he's going to be an amazing player. I, I like this. It's, all, it's also exciting for us to get to see guys that we actually haven't even had yet because I've never had the, the opportunity to see guys before they make it to us. And seeing Kevin Alcantara in person and watching him take BP, yeah. and he was hitting back-to-back him and Jordan Wogu. Um, and, you know, there were some balls flying further than I could really even track them. Uh, Wogu cleared the netting beyond the left field wall. But Alcantara, just, you know, imagining what that kid is going to become, especially when he puts some muscle on. I mean, he is a physical freak. He is just a gifted athlete, too. So it's cool to see guys before we actually get them. And obviously, we're hoping and expecting to have Alcantara on opening day, ideally. Well, guys, I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me tonight. I know that every moment in Arizona is is a special moment. So I hope you guys have a good rest of your trip, a safe journey home. And I hope to see you guys in South Bend sooner rather than later. Raleigh, thanks, man. We're looking forward to seeing you in South Bend, too. Banner raising coming up a couple weeks into April. We're excited. Let's see those rings one more time. You got it. Let's go. Go Cubs. (laughs) Thanks, Raleigh. Thanks, Raleigh. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. 
Cubs mid-spring training updates. Don't forget, listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Crawley, those rings are pretty fancy for a uh, minor league championship, I thought. There's no owner better than Andrew Berlin as far as minor league baseball is concerned, and and, and he he's a, he's a class act all the way, and absolutely, I knew that was going to be a beautiful ring. Those were really nice. All right, World Baseball Classic update, Crowley. The, uh, the, uh, we're getting into the elimination round. Uh, last night, so that would have been uh, Wednesday night, the uh, USA punched their ticket by uh, taking care of business and uh, winning that ballgame. Yeah, you know, so the the World Baseball Classic's been exciting for people that don't watch basketball like me. Um, the Cubs had 16 players participate, 15, because didn't play, but pool play is now over. And so co- some Cubs players will be returned to camp while others continue to move on in the tournament. Um, if you look at the pool right now, and I have a couple of screenshots right here. If you're looking at it here, you, you had um, pool A. You had Cuba and Italy advancing, and then Netherlands and Chinese Taipei and Panama did not. In Pool B, you had Japan, Australia advancing, Korea, Czech Republic, and China did not. Um, And then Pool C, you had uh, Mexico, the U.S. advancing, Canada, Great Britain, and Colombia do not. And then the big story from last night, Venezuela and Puerto Rico advanced, the Dominican, which was a stacked, stacked lineup do not advance neither do israel or nicaragua and uh, oh by the way there was a little bit more to that dominican loss yeah <laughs> i thought about you on that one dustin when i was looking at that um yeah you know uh you know one of the best closers in the game Mets edwin diaz is out for eight months on a fluke injury after he they clinched it to move on uh, he ends up, they're all jumping up and down and all of a sudden something happens to his leg and he's down. Well, his teammate his like picks him up and is lifting him up and they're gyrating around. I mean, again, they didn't win the world baseball classic yet. They just survived and advanced. You were was, expected to do that. That well, I don't think that was a great accomplishment per se for that group of baseball players. Um, you know, knocking out Puerto Rico and and, and well, that's the that's why I guess. But right, my right. point is, is that they they were expected to be in the elimination round. It was it was a tough round, and 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 they have a lot of pride in it. And it was a you know I just tell people it was an absolute fluke injury. Let's just go down the list of fluke cub injuries in the past. Brandon Morrow got injured putting on his pants. Uh, you, ha- you had Kerry Wood got injured getting out of a hot tub. And, uh, Sammy Sosa got injured on a sneezing. I mean, yeah, somebody happen. sneezed. There was somebody, wasn't right, there somebody right. like a spider, like they got scared of a spider or <laughs> right. something? There's, there's yeah. goofy stuff that happens. It, it, it can happen. Guys get injured in, uh, you know, in, in, in spring training. It happens, you know, and, and it, you know, hopefully, you know, it's, there's an emotion. I, I saw a video before we came on here, and for some of those guys, the World Baseball Classic is as important or more important than the World Series. There's a lot of pride in representing their country. And I think, you know, when you're a guy from the Dominican and you're representing Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, I mean, of course you're representing your team, but this to their country, this means a lot to them. And so I wouldn't want to see people overreacting or taking too much out of that. But uh, looking at the Cubs, and one of the Cubs that was on that Puerto Rican team was Marcus Stroman. Uh, he made one start for the Puerto Rican team against Nicaragua. He went 4.2 innings, gave up zero walks, two strikeouts. The only run came on the final pitch of the day. It was a home run. Um, but Stroman and Team Puerto Rico will take on Mexico in the quarterfinals. 
We just found out Stroman will be getting the start in the quarterfinals versus the Dodgers, Julio Urias of Mexico. So that'll be a really that's good That's pretty matchup. cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Something, to, something worthwhile tuning into. And now these games are moving from Arizona down to Miami, correct? Correct. And so, um, so Nelson, maybe they won't start at 9 o'clock at night every time the U.S. takes the field? Yeah, you know. My I mean, goodness. It's it's that's the thing. It all depends on where you are, and, and you know they had games in Asia and, and games in all in Miami. And they were catering to the fans. I mean, let's put it. I, I will give a ton of credit to the baseball fans out in Arizona that went out there because the park was packed and the little bits and pieces that I did get to see looked like a great atmosphere out there. Oh, and I, I had friends that went to there and they said it was a blast. So uh, another Cub is Nelson Velasquez played for Puerto Rico. He played in one game and had three at bats. He didn't get a hit, but he did draw a walk. One of the big stories was Owen Casey, outfielder involved in the U Darvish trade. He's a really young kid, and he's always been um, somebody that's played against older guys. And, and, you know, he did that last year in South Bend. Uh, he did that again in the World Baseball Classic. Um, he looks solid for Team Canada. He slashed 231, 286, 462. He had a massive home run against Great Britain to center field. 108 mile per hour exit velocity on that sucker. And he had four RBIs, but. You know, he never seems overwhelmed. One cool note for any Cub fans that were paying attention to the baseball classic, you had Pete Crow Armstrong and James Triantos. Uh, they went to Phoenix to cheer Owen on, so I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, very cool to support your teammates like that, no doubt about that. Jared Young is another guy that was in camp for the Cubs. He played on Team Canada. He had a home run, but he scuffled, hitting 143, 333, 357. Team Canada does not make it out of pool play, so those guys are returning to camp. And one guy we talked about earlier, Dustin, right-handed pitcher Javier Assad. Uh, he has continued his hot spring from Team Mexico. He played in one game. He pitched three innings. He struck out two. He struck out Pete Alonso twice, and the only hit that he gave up was a single to Mike Trout. If you can just give up a single to Mike Trout, most pitchers will take that. I talked about his fastball just really ticking up. Um, he, you know, he's get, these are the guys that he got out. He got out Trout, or I'm sorry, not Trout. He, he gave up the single to Trout. Got out Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Tim Anderson. I mean, these weren't like Team Italy. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> I get what you're. I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, Assad's team Mexico will take on Stroh's team Puerto Rico on Friday. So those guys ought to be excited. Um, one guy we do have to kind of talk about is first baseman, Matt Mervis. It's, you know, it's been, it was been, been an incredible run for Matt Mervis to start off in high a and make it all the way to triple a and dominate at every single level to dominate at the AFL. There was a lot of questions. Hey, is he going to be able to continue this up in spring training? And he agreed to play for the world baseball classic. And it's been a rough spring, um, for Mervis, uh, it, it, it was rough in Cubs camp, and it didn't get any easier in the WBC. Um, he went one for 13 with one single, one walk, and five Ks as Team Israel was eliminated. During the Captain's League, he was two for 17 with a double, five walks, and eight Ks for a slash line of 118, 318, 176. So a little bit of struggle, and that's okay, Dustin. You know what I mean? Well, it's okay, but it's not okay, right? I mean, he's not going to make the team. He's not coming out of camp. He's going back to the minors. And what I'm worried about, Crowley, is now you taught me something today. So is there a um, is this a 4A guy? 
But that, but that's what we have to find out, right? So I would have rather they did what they did, which is get two experienced veterans and not put all your money on a kid. That if you look at it, Dustin, it was one good season in the mind. I don't want to say good. That 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 dismisses it. One no. amazing season. Amazing season. One amazing season, right? One, one amazing, amazing season, season. But you're not going to hand a kid a starting first base job based off of that. It wasn't no. like he was, he was a number one draft pick or a blue chip prospect or anything. I mean, he would have been. But at one point, at one at one point, you we didn't know that Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer were going to be like boom boom, right? We, we didn't right. know that was coming. We didn't, and, and that's why you know tip of the cap to Jed. But you knew that you could. We talked about not you and I talked about this, you know, earlier when free agency started. You do not want to put all the pressure on that kid, right? You don't know again how much all these guys know. Like I said, once MLB finds a weakness on you, once they find a way to get you out, they will pound you until you can prove you can hit that pitch, whatever pitch that may be. So. I, I am absolutely fine with him going back to Iowa, not having the pressure of being on the big league team, not seeing a low batting average, because you know with all the hype surrounding him, he came in this spring wanting to prove something, and, and he's had some struggles, and that's okay. The, a lot of the players are going to have struggles. It's the, the great ones are the ones that can overcome those struggles and, 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 and continue to do well, and I think that Matt Mervis is going to be with a good coaching staff in AAA, I think he's going to get every day at bats. I don't think the pressure is going to be on him, and let's see what he does. Yeah, let's see what he does. I, listen, I'm not, I'm not, Crowley. I'm not saying like it's time to shut the door on him and he's going to be a bust or anything like that. He's not. What was that guy's name? Something Scott, the third baseman that was the second coming of Ron Say. What was that guy's <laughs> name? Remember that guy? Is it? I remember gosh. Vance Law. I remember a lot. There's a lot of third basemen that. Yeah, there was uh, somebody sadly... Scott. There was somebody Scott that was supposed to be the second coming of Ron Say. And uh, just was an absolute, just terrible bust. There's there's a lot of guys that end up being busts, and the key is Dustin, don't rely on just one guy. That's why when people say, okay, we got four awesome, incredible outfielders, good, because out of those four, one, maybe two, are going to make it in the big leagues. All right, and that's not even saying starting in the big leagues. That's just saying making in the big leagues. Um, you know, so no problem. There's an interesting kid that I'm going to be watching all, um, all year, uh, Bryce ball acquired, uh, from Atlanta in the Jock Peterson trade. He's a guy that I want to watch, but don't just put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to prospects. That is a recipe for disaster. So, you know what, let Matt get it figured out and it should be fine. But for cup fans still interested in the world baseball classic, we got two quarterfinal results are in. Cuba advances to the semifinals, as does Hugh Darvish and Team Japan. Cuba will take on the winner of the USA-Venezuela quarterfinal on Saturday. So for uh, What's your Scotty report on that game, Crowley? These are going to be hard, man. The, the, now you're starting to get into really good players. Venezuela has really, really done well. I would say USA, they, they lost against Mexico, so I thought that was a good wake-up call. But, but, you know, anything can happen in these type of games, you know? And same thing with Japan taking on the winner of the Puerto Rico-Mexican quarterfinal on Friday. That's going to be a great game, and the atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric. And that is one of the things that I hope people um, do take away out of the uh, World Baseball Classic, because I think the fans are absolutely fantastic. The Latino fans, Asian fans, I mean, even even the great British fans, they are just so passionate. I, I love it. And so... You know, you have Puerto Rico and Mexico. It's going to be 6 p.m. Eastern time in Miami for that quarterfinal game. 
Uh, again, so Strowman's going to be starting that one. And right. then uh, on Saturday at 6 p.m. is going to be USA and Venezuela, and that's going to be in, in Miami as well. So oh, good. I'll still be awake. Absolutely. So definitely check it out. It's going to be some fun. Before we tie this one off here, Dustin, I do want to say rest in peace to a, a Cubs player uh, that I had the p- privilege of meeting at Club 400, Joe Pepitone. Um, Joe Pepitone came in the early 70s uh, after um, Ernie Banks had retired. You know, I mean, think, you know, think about how difficult it is to be the first baseman that has to follow, you know, Mr. Cub. But uh, Joe Pepitone was a guy who was absolutely one of the funniest guys you ever heard. Uh, He had us cracking up in stitches, foul mouth, uh, a crazy guy, just just a wild man, even in his when I when I met him in his 70s. And, uh, you know, he was he was a fun guy. He had the motorcycle, if anyone remembers. Leo DeRocher couldn't stand him because of the motorcycle. You know, just he was just like the hippie guy with the big sideburns and and just not the Leo DeRocher buzz cut type of guy. You know what I mean? And so rest in peace to a great guy in Joe Pepito. And I, I, I had, and I enjoyed meeting him and, and, you know, great guy to talk to. And, you know, you always hate when you lose uh, somebody from the organization. And if I'm right, Crowley uh, club 400 has got an event coming up. You want to plug that? Yeah. April 6th, the baseball is back party. Uh, they're good Friday is the next day. So I know I have the day off. A lot of people have the day off, but Justin Steele is going to be coming to club 400. You get all you can eat, all you can drink a question and answer session. You get one item autographed and you get to take a picture, a professional photograph with Justin Steele. So what about this, salsa Crowley? Will the salsa King be there? Will the, the product salsa, be there? The salsa King will be there. Everybody okay. loves the salsa King. Actually, we're bringing a bunch of it to Iowa. It's going to be sold for the at the Iowa Cubs Park. Nice. So it is it is blowing up. You can find the Salsa King at all the jewels. So uh, the Club 400 beer is going to be there. It is if you've never been to a Club 400 event, guys. I, I sit here and I know I probably blab about it, but I'm trying to tell the listeners, man. Think about I think about all the players that I've got not only gotten to meet but actually become friends with and talk to because of Club 400 events. And if you want something just to Okay, think about it. I think the ticket's like $125. Okay, you go and get an autograph. It'll cost you minimum for any, like, Joe Schmo, not even a great player, $50 for an autograph. You're getting all you can eat, all you can drink. Uh, you, you get an autograph, you get a picture, you get a Q&A, you get to make a lot of friends. Get, I'm to hang sorry, out with, get to hang out with Crawley? Get to hang out with me? Trust me. There, there are so many people that came out to the Club 400 tent and were like, you guys are just as fun as, as I thought you would be. We absolutely, the only requirements is that you're a cool, nice person. You treat people good and you love the Cubs. If that's, if that fits your description, come on out to club 400. Me, I've been there so often. I don't even care who the player is. I just like to go see my friends. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap Crawley season two, episode 19 is in the books. The Cubs mid season training updates. Don't forget to listen, download, review, subscribe to the fly, the W podcast, follow us on the socials, fly the W on Facebook, fly the W six seventy on Facebook, Instagram. And you can email us of course, fly the W six seventy gmail.com. And now you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the six seventy, the score YouTube channel. Absolutely. You can see our pretty faces. You don't have to just hear us anymore. And now you'll realize why we're on podcast and not on TV. So until next time, go Cubs. It's all over.